Hi, I'm Elizabeth and I'm Sagittarius. Hi, I'm Kimmy and I'm a Gemini. And together we are Sister Signs. So today we're doing another pop culture happy hour. So that means this episode is going to have a handful of different topics. The first one is we're going to be talking about the Barbie movie that's coming out, specifically one character. Then we're going to be going over the Love is Blind cast. We're going to go into their specific zodiac signs and like some observations. And then we're going to talk about Taylor and Joe because they had a breakup. And if you are just clueless, Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. So let's get into the Barbie movie, Kimmy. I'm like really excited about this topic. Yes. I'm super excited. The second I found out that they were making a Barbie movie and that it was going to be so colorful and fun, instantly excited. And then the trailer dropped, what was it, last week or the week before? And what I want to bring attention to is the fact that so many people are hating on the casting choice for the main Ken, which if you haven't seen the trailer, it's Ryan Gosling. And I mean, I know us growing up, we had like major crushes on or maybe you didn't. Maybe I'm speaking for myself. I always thought that Ryan was a heartthrob. So to see all these people hating on him, I just had to come to his defense. I think I'm clueless because I didn't realize people were hating on him. I've mainly seen it on Twitter. A lot of people, especially clipping out that one scene where he is asking if he should stay over. And that lighting is like really blue lighting. And you can see a few forehead wrinkles. And because of that, people are up in arms about it saying that he's too old to play Ken. He's not enough of a heartthrob. He's not sexy, all this other stuff. And it's like, you're missing the point. You are missing the exact point of the Barbie lore. And that that is that Ken is Barbie's real life accessory. That is the whole point of like the casting difference between you have Margot, Margot Robbie and then you have like Ryan Gosling, who is conventionally attractive, but the point isn't for him to be a sex symbol. The purpose is for him to be good character support for Barbie. And so I wanted to talk about Ken initially because I saw so many videos from his childhood where he was just being a big goofball. And people were like, how can you not see that he's the perfect Ken? Oh, yeah. Ryan Gosling. Yes. Like of him younger. Yes, because Ken is a himbo. And if you don't know what a himbo is, because I've, I've mentioned this term at work, and I don't know if it's because I'm in the Midwest now that people don't know what that means. But a himbo is essentially the male version of a bimbo. And like Kronk from the Emperor's yes, New Groove. Yes, exactly. Yes. Heart of gold, but not a lot up there. Right, right. Another term is golden retriever energy. Yes, but not all golden retrievers or golden retriever boyfriends lack substance, I will say. I've met a couple that, you know, they're just very devoted and doting on their partner, which is... is yeah, I feel like that relates to Ken as well. Well, because, I mean, sometimes himbos, they don't have the emotional connection, which is why they just rely on their their good looks and their charm, but they don't have that deep connection. I think that's the difference between, like, a himbo and a golden retriever. But nonetheless, let's get to, to Ryan. Ryan's big four. He is a Scorpio sun, Capricorn moon, Pisces rising, and Libra Venus. And so when I looked up Ken, the Barbie doll, his birthday is March 11th, 1961, which makes him a Pisces. And so I'm looking at that and I see his Pisces rising automatically, even if I weren't to go any deeper than that, that would tell me it's a good fit because Pisces as a rising sign means that that's his first impression. So it, you can see already the similarities between that. But then when I dove in deeper, 
his Pisces rising is in his first house and then his Libra Venus is in his seventh house. And one of the books that I got about astrology from Five Below recently, actually, it was telling me a lot about how if you're looking at the effect that one house has on the other, you should look directly across the chart. And the first house and the seventh house are directly across from each other. It's a good balance between Libra Venus and Pisces rising. To break it down even further, his Libra Venus and it's in his seventh house, which means that it has to deal a lot with his one-to-one relationships. Venus, it rules over, you know, emotions and love and the ability to love and be loved, as well as what you enjoy in your fashion sense. And so whenever you think about Barbies, like that's exactly what you think about, all the love stories that you concocted as a kid or like all the outfit dressings and everything or all the outfit changes. And for his Libra Venus, My book was talking about how their ideal partner is attractive, well-groomed, considerate. But the cons to a Libra Venus placement is that they should be wary of their tendency to put partners on pedestals and their reluctance to end a relationship for fear of being alone. And when I look at that in the sense of Ken, Ken adores Barbie to no end. He is perfectly happy being her, you know, life or not life size but you know her stand-in accessory like Mm -hmm. he will support her in all roles and that's why he is literally the perfect ken because he can adore barbie and when i look at the pisces rising i see that pisces they have strong artistic gifts but they're also or they also have a very pronounced romantic outlook and what other movie did ryan star in that that was huge all the romance movies all the romance movies but specifically the one that you just watched for the first time this year. Yes. The Notebook. The Notebook. Yes. And when you look at those rom-com roles and how well he just embodies that, embodies being like he has the perfect balance of his first house in Pisces being dreamy and romantic and a lover boy, as well as being a Libra and being devoted and loving. I mean, in The Notebook, he wrote 365 letters to Allie because he loved her so much. Like for I think a year that's straight. why he was such a good fit. Yeah. Because like, he doesn't even have to try. It just comes natural to him to go into those characters. And I also thought it was funny because I was reading about how Greta really had to convince him to take the role. He did not really want it. He loved the script initially, but he it wasn't until he went out into his backyard and saw that one of his daughter's Kendalls was laying face down in the mud, that he was like, oh, I have to take this role after reading the script, which kind of gives you a little peek into what the movie is about to be about. But, I mean, Barbie comes out July 21st, and I just want to say that it's not about being a heartthrob whenever you're looking at who makes the best Ken. It's finding someone whose heart only beats for Barbie, and that is Ryan Gosling as Ken. Yeah, I could definitely see him being ride or die And I guess I can kind of see the criticism with him being older. And here's the thing. They have the technology and the skills to hide wrinkles, but they deliberately did not hide his wrinkles. And my vibe that I got from the trailer is they're trying to like portray Ryan Gosling's version of Ken as kind of like washed up and older and not to be taken seriously. Mm. And he's competing with the other Ken. I don't know if you got that same vibe. Like, it made sense to me that he was like a quote-unquote older Ken. Potentially. But my question, my follow-up question to you on that is, do you think that scene happens when they're still in Barbie world or is that in the real world and that's why they're not hiding the wrinkles? 
I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. But I feel like they would show some imperfections in Barbie world. And then when they hit the real world, maybe you'll see them more in depth. But I definitely still got washed up vibes in Barbie world. Yeah, I could I could see that, too. Well, because I mean, I've read something about them both getting cast out together. Or so I don't know if she got cast out and he was like, oh, I'm not doing too well. I don't know. I'm speculating at this point. But either way, he was a ride or die for Barbie. I'm I'm really excited for this movie to come out. Like, I know the first teaser they dropped of it was like a shout out to 1981. Like that movie, the George Orwell book. And then there was a movie that came out. It's sci-fi. It, it, did you not see like the first hint with like the giant Barbie and... no. I must okay. have missed that. Never mind. But the the science fiction nerd in me really appreciated it. And it it made me realize that there's like, this movie is not going to be your Tyra Banks Barbie movie. It's, you know, it's going to have some sort of, it's going to ask you to make a leap of logic. And it's going to take you into more like a surrealist type of movie instead of like a heartwarming Barbie fairy universe movie mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah i i'm so ready for it and i think ryan gosling is the perfect ken i don't care if people are hating on his wrinkles and saying he's too old obviously they chose him for a reason mm-hmm. and i think it's going to play into the storyline exactly the way he appears but when i was hearing you talk about libra venus and how you how they treat their partners and put them on a pedestal it made me think of my friend kelly who I recently met when I was at that training and she also has a Libra Venus. And I think that was the first time that I met someone in person. And when she was telling me about her past relationships and how she had treated her partners and everything like that, like it just that to a T the way you described it is how she describes her relationships. And I think Kelly has like an amazing sense of style and like a very specific aesthetic that she tries to curate her life around. So I see that side of like that Libra, that Libra placement. And then I also see the relationship side of it. So I just thought that was interesting that like what you said rung true to someone that I know in real life. Honestly, looking at Venus signs separate from the chart Mm -hmm. almost makes it clearer for me because I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going through some personal stuff on my own, but when I look at the Venus placements, it's insane how accurate it can be. And like the book that I got even talks about what you need in a relationship, your ideal partner, and then the things that you should look out for about what you're going to need to control. And for me, like mine is very accurate. And then I look at like other people that I'm looking into and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's really accurate for both. And it's just fascinating. But I do want to add one disclaimer, and that is that we do not acknowledge Toy Story 3 Ken in he does not fit the lore okay because he was a traitor i don't support him well one thing about the toy story universe is the the toys are like autonomous they don't play their characters that kind of makes sense that they don't fit the lore yeah they're like they've got their own personalities i just remember even when i first watched the movie i just felt so betrayed but that's a good point they are autonomous i should not 
even put them in the same I don't think they're in the same universe yeah definitely moving on to love is blind I looked up the entire cast to get their zodiac signs and I'm gonna go down and couple them up starting with Tiffany and Brett Tiffany is a Sagittarius Brett is a Scorpio does that surprise you at all Kimmy no it doesn't surprise me either and here's why because I think they have the potential to be a very passionate couple and they're going to push each other outside of their comfort zones. And if they were like an early 20s couple, I think I might be worried for them. But because Tiffany's 36 and Brett is in his 30s as well, they've been through their Saturn return. They're both mature enough to want to settle down. And obviously, I don't know the rest of their placements. These are just their sun signs. But I feel like they have a good connection and there's a reason why they bonded together in the pods even though poor tiffany fell asleep on brett but after finding out the schedule that the producers put these people on i don't blame her because they got them working like from the moment they wake up to the moment right before they go to bed and it's they said that like they could like miss out on the evening dates but if you skip the evening dates you could risk losing the person you're talking to going with someone else. A lot of people just felt pressure to do all of the dates, and these were hour-long dates. Obviously, this date was at the end of the night for Tiffany. She was probably dog-tired, probably didn't eat that much that day, and she was, like, just done. I don't know, despite that. Did you notice, because I saw some people talking about how they've been, you know, purposely putting these like cast members yeah. and drinks and stuff like that because they got complaints yes. from the previous season that they didn't have enough time to eat and they didn't want them eating on camera because it's not attractive to eat on camera. Netflix do better, feed your people. Like I don't I don't know what else to say, but obviously like I have my opinions on Tiffany and Brett. I don't know if they are going to actually commit and say yes at the altar. I'm hoping they do. But Tiffany is a Sagittarius, and I don't know. She's gone this long living by herself, and she has her own way of operating that she would have to get over all of her icks with Brett to compromise and live with another person and not not take the easy way out, which is to be like, well, I just prefer to live by myself. Like, mm-hmm. it's easier, like, whatever. I need to see their Venus signs to really know how I to know, help them. <laughs> I know. I wish I, I wish I knew that information. But the next couple, or should I say throuple, oh, love wow. triangle, is going to be Bliss, Zach, and Irina. I posted on our Instagram already about Zach and Irina's signs. Zach is an Aries, Irina is a Scorpio, and Bliss is a Libra, which Bliss as a Libra makes so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, just... She's very thoughtful and like the cupcakes that she made for Zach were just like totally a Libra move. The way she dresses, the way she talks, she's like very specific with her words. And I just think she's like a very sweet person. Her being attracted to Zach is like an opposites attract situation because Libra and Aries are sister signs on the opposite ends of the Zodiac calendar. That kind of makes sense to me. And I feel like without knowing their Venus signs, I'm sure that they're complementary because a lot of people online, like, okay, I'm not into diagnosing people, 
but a lot of people have speculated that Zach is on the spectrum because of like the way he maintains eye contact and the fact that Irina made fun of him when he was clearly trying so hard to be normal. Like people were looking at Zach and they were like, he's masking so hard right now. Like he's doing his best to like make her happy and please her. And he's taking notes of what bothers her. And she's just like, you're weird. You look like a cartoon character. Like don't come near me like type of situation. But Irina and Zach, honestly, like that's a battle of the egos. So I think once she saw how intense Zach was and how serious he was, she got intimidated and she was like, I can't control this relationship. I am not in the position of power. And the way she like would run over Zach and be like, I don't want to listen to what you have to say. I'm just going to ignore you. That's how in her mind she was trying to put herself into a position of power. But really, it just made her look very immature. And I just think Irina has a lot of growing because obviously she's into stealing boyfriends, not respecting other people's relationships. And she wanted Zach as a trophy. Like, I think the reason why she went after Zach so hard is because she knew how much Bliss liked him and she just wanted to beat Bliss. And she even said at one point in the show, this is a competition. So I definitely think she has some growing to do. Obviously, Zach made a mistake when he picked Irina, but... I think that Irina also deceived him because she came off as someone that was like very open-minded and loving and willing to accept him for who he was. But literally like she couldn't even make it 10 seconds after meeting him before she flipped the switch. She's like, I'm oh, just kidding. Like I actually can't do this. Like touching you physically just makes me want to die. Like I felt so bad for their situation, but I'm hoping that Bliss being a Libra, like obviously she feels slighted and she needs the scales to be balanced, as cliche as that is. So however Zach is gonna balance the scales, I don't know. He's he's trying hard. We we will see if she can get past it. But you know that Bliss has that chip on her shoulder. And it all goes back to her telling Zach, if you pick Irina, I'm questioning your decision making skills. We'll see if she can get over it. I mean, can you blame Bliss, though? Like, if you were in Bliss's shoes, do you really, would you feel comfortable taking Zach First of all, if I was in Bliss's shoes, I'm petty. Like, you know, I would guilt trip Zach to the extreme. I would be so petty in this situation that I would just tell Zach it's over. You missed out. Like, the ship has sailed. I'm going to be with someone that appreciates me the first time. That's how petty I would be. Absolutely. Okay, so the next couple is going to be Chelsea and Kwame. So Chelsea is a Taurus. Kwame is an Aries. And I'm noticing a theme with the Aries this season, and it's that they cannot make up their mind. So Zach couldn't make up his mind between Irina and Bliss, and I think he panicked and picked Irina. And then Kwame obviously is still hung up on Micah. Like, he, I feel like he just picked Chelsea so he could stay on TV longer. I think I mentioned that in the last episode. Did you see the clip of him auditioning for Married at First Sight? Yes. That's what I'm saying. He's chasing that clout. And he wants to, like, make a reputation for himself. Unfortunately, the internet is too smart for that. And now he comes off as, like, disingenuine and just not a good person 
And one thing I will make an observation of is Chelsea, to me, even though we only know her sun sign as Taurus, she is the stereotypical Taurus to me. If you look at her space and how she works so hard to decorate it and make it her own. And you can tell that obviously she's a very hard worker and she likes the finer things in life. Like her hair is always done. She spoils her dog. But I think that she is a very reserved person. And I think that just comes with being an earth sign. I definitely think she has some type of Sagittarius in her chart, whether it's Sagittarius Venus or Sagittarius Mercury, just because of the way she talks to Kwame and she doesn't pull any punches. And then Kwame is an Aries. He's very impulsive and he likes to be in charge, but he's going up against Taurus. So at the end of the day, I think Chelsea is always going to make herself the one that is the most right in the situation. And because Kwame doesn't feel like he has 100% control over Chelsea, I think he feels intimidated by that as an Aries. And Aries is like ruled by Mars. He's a very masculine sign. And if he's not in charge, he's not going to be in it. And I think that's where him and Chelsea are not going to work out because he's like, I'm compromising so much for you. I'm like, then why did you do a show that's based out of Seattle? Like you knew all the couples were in Seattle. You live in Portland. Like make it make sense. Chelsea deserves better. Chelsea deserves better. And it's one of those situations, like obviously I'm an outsider looking in, but whenever women get older, like whenever they approach their thirties or turn 30, like your biological clock, like mentally, if you want kids does start ticking because you already know the statistics. And if you don't freeze your eggs, you know that, you know, you're losing half of your viable eggs every single year. And that weighs on a person. And I think that the desire to lock it in with a partner and start a family right away is like just overwhelming. And so they will literally settle down with the first man that is available and wants to, or unfortunately, they'll have a baby with a boyfriend that they think could be a long-term boyfriend. And then it ends up not being that situation. And it's just like, it's heart-wrenching to me, but you can't tell someone how to live their life. So I feel like Chelsea's in that boat. I feel so bad. I feel bad for making that observation because that sounds so messed up. Yeah, I just don't understand why they didn't talk about kids in the pod. Because Chelsea was the second choice. Because literally when Micah broke up with him, he's like, oh no, like I need to make a connection with someone else real quick. And I have to rewatch like the, that episode again, but even Chelsea was surprised that Kwame came back to her wanting to rebuild that connection. And it just was, I don't think they had time to talk about kids because he had wasted so much time talking to Micah. That's horrible. Yeah. That's why like, it's literally giving like second choice vibes. Almost as horrible as the duet he made her participate in. Yeah. And Kwame thought it turned out good. Which is crazy to me because I'm sure you've seen a lot of the videos criticizing Kwame for how much he hates himself and how like he clearly comes off as anti-black. He doesn't want to be black. He wants to be whatever can get, you know, a white woman, a blonde-haired white woman, whatever. Yeah, that... I can't help someone else's internalized racism. Actually, I can't help someone love themselves. Like that's something that's a journey he's going to have to go on by himself. And I feel bad that Chelsea has to put up with that, honestly. But 
I don't I don't feel like Taurus and Aries are really a good match to begin with. So I don't have high hopes for them as a couple because like they're opposites, but not in a good way, like not in a way that complements each other. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so now moving on to one of the more controversial couples, Jackie and Marshall. And then if you didn't notice, Jackie has a Capricorn tattoo on her neck and Marshall doesn't have anything that makes him a Virgo other than like, just look at him. <laughs> He looks like a Virgo. The way he dresses, the way he grooms himself, mm-hmm. the way he wants to fix Jackie, like she is like a rundown house. And he's like, I can, I can fix you. I can make you work. And it's just, it makes me sad. But so I know like Jackie, obviously, she's like an emotional roller coaster. She's a mess. There are things that the editors of the show did to make her look like a villain. So the way they put the episodes together, they made it look like Jackie cheated on Marshall and went on a date with Josh. And Josh is the other love interest that she had in the pods that she broke up with to be with Marshall. And she cleared the air and she said that she didn't go on a date with Josh until after she had broken up with Marshall. And the editors or the producers and they were putting together the episode they like made it look like she did that when she didn't. So I, I'll give Jackie the benefit of the doubt and think that, yeah, sure, okay, maybe that did happen. But it doesn't change the fact that she has so much trauma to work through that her relationship with Marshall would have never, never gone anywhere. Plus, she was talking shit about him the whole time. Did you yes. see all the leaked text messages? Yes. And obviously, like, Jackie was chasing clout, too. So, I mean, do with that as you may. I don't think I don't think that Jackie is a good person, but I also have to acknowledge that she's probably been in so many abusive relationships that that's what she wants. Like that's her normal. Like she craves toxic relationships and like I said, I understand that there are people like that, but it's not healthy and I don't think it's going to bode well if she has any future romantic relationships, but What's so interesting is Jackie even acknowledged that. She was like, damn, I probably need to go to therapy. Like, I need to work on myself. Like, yeah, girl, you do, because that was messed up. But what is Josh? Josh is a Gemini. I see that. The way that he at the at Chelsea's birthday party, mm-hmm. that energy, yes, definitely Gemini. It's it was very annoying. But why do they call him cauliflower ears? Because he has cauliflower ears. What does that mean? It's like when your ear is like swollen because you like took too many hits to it. So people that do like fighting like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, MMA, like boxing, if you hit their ear too many times, it'll cauliflower, it'll scar up and get puffy. I need to look at his ears. I thought it was because they stuck out far. No, he has cauliflower ears. But I mean, nothing against that. But... On the surface, looking at their sun signs, I think the reason why they got along so well in the pods is because they both value the same things and they both are hardworking <laughs> people. Did Sorry, you see it now? I looked up cauliflower ear. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I get it now. But I think that's why they got along so well in the pods if they were talking about deep things. Like they probably did have the same like fundamental values as Capricorn and Virgo as earth signs. And then when they met in person... 
like it didn't click for Jackie because I think Marshall was too sweet for her and too evolved for her, frankly. And she needs to fix herself before she can be in a good relationship, a good, healthy relationship. She just was not ready for Marshall's level of commitment and understanding. And the way she broke up with him was like literally like Capricorn. Like she was, she was very straight to the point. She was like, I don't want to be with you anymore. I don't like you. And I was watching that interaction. I was like, dang, she didn't pull any punches. But as Capricorn, she's very practical. She just wanted to get it over with. And then Marshall's going to overanalyze it. And he's going to think about every single minor interaction that she has ever had with Josh. And that's all that he's going to dwell on as a Virgo. When Cody and I were talking about the couples, I just thought they were goofy together. Like, she had goofy energy, like, for the camera. But I think behind the scenes, she got annoyed with Marshall's goofy energy. And that's where it fell apart. Mm. Moving on to Micah and Paul. So this couple makes zero sense to me. Zero sense. What are they? So Micah's a Pisces and Paul is a Libra. And between the both of them, they'll never be able to make up their minds on what they want to do. And they don't have a lot in common. Like Sorry, those two zodiac signs. So Micah is a Pisces. Okay. Paul is a Libra. Okay. And I can totally see Paul as a Libra only because he makes food videos on TikTok. Like very aesthetic, like recipe cooking videos. And the way he carries himself is just very Libra male energy. Mm -hmm. And then Micah is a Pisces. I don't know what it is about Pisces women specifically. They have the worst friend group, like the most toxic friend group. And Micah is the example of that to AT. And I feel like she thinks that she can get away with whatever she wants because she's cute. But girl, looks fade. And the internet has voted that her and Irina are Cinderella's ugly stepsisters. So once your ugly personality came out, there was no saving it. Like, really. I just don't like the way she interacted with Kwame at the pool party like ever since that episode it put a bad taste in my mouth like she is okay with cheating and she doesn't see what's wrong with it and she would probably gaslight Paul into thinking like she didn't do anything wrong but then got mad at Irina yeah for wanting to make a move on Paul I'm like girl it's a mirror yeah like you are the company that you keep and all of your friends are toxic so what does that say about you and even Paul said it like in the interviews, like after he had met Micah, he was like, Micah is not the type of person that I normally go for. He usually goes for like the hippie crystal girls, magic girls, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the exact opposite of Micah. So I don't think that they're going to make it. <laughs> One of the most Pisces things that Micah did is in the preview of the episode when they ask her like, what does she say? Does she say like, I do or, and she was like, well, Paul, I'm going to make you answer first. And I'm like, Pisces energy right there. Like they, they can't make up their mind. Like they need to know they, it's like a hive mind mentality. Like they need to know what the other person is going to do. And then they'll 
react based off of that. Which is probably why her friends are so toxic because she, like, as a Pisces, she Yeah, needs... she feeds off of that energy. So if if all of her friends are toxic and they just say, oh, we love you so much, like, you're perfect, like, you're too good for anyone, like, okay, first of all, humble yourself. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, like, obviously know your worth, but also don't take away from someone else's worth to put yourself up. Right. And I think that's what they were doing with Paul. Like, just because he said... I don't care what your friends think. Like, to me, that's not offensive. To me, that's like, oh, so like, you're with me. You're not dating my friends. You're with me. Mm-hmm. But Micah was so sold on the fact that if you're with me, you're with my friends too. So they need to like you too. Girl, your friends are not going to be like having fights with Paul, coming to compromises with Paul, having kids with Paul. Like, girl. Yeah. But again, I think that like, that drives home like some of the things that I don't like about Pisces and why sometimes I have a hard time being friends with them. Like I can be friendly with the Pisces and have a conversation with them, but I don't think I could be in their inner circle, if that makes sense. I And I think that's also because you have stronger sign placements. I saw something on Twitter the other day and it was like, you can just tell when someone has zero strong placements in their mm-hmm. chart. And that's true because they'll never make a decision. And I think that's probably why you and I both just don't really like people like that. I have a stellium in Sagittarius. So what that tells me is I'm not for everyone. Like, and I'm okay with that. I have a stellium in Virgo, which tells me that I <laughs> should probably take a chill pill. And that's, but I've also gotten a lot that of just feedback means you recently. like to control people. Yeah. Well, I just, I like things a certain way, especially at work. I really notice my Virgo stellium there, but. No, I've gotten a lot of feedback recently or even friends that I've been friends with for a long time telling me sometimes you're just really intimidating the way that you come across because you want people to reach your expectations. And it's like, oh, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to lower my standards because we are who we are. But if if you're not there, then you're not there and I don't have to worry about you. But if you want to be there, then I'm going to help you. Yeah, and I I can understand that too. And I think because we have such strong placements in those signs, we're going off on a tangent, that when other, whenever people can't match our energy, it's just like, okay, let's keep moving. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you're in a workplace like that and you're in a team environment, you don't always get to pick your team. And I think that's the most frustrating thing for me is when you get a box full of duds and you have to make it work. And you're like, okay, like, what can I do to make the best out of this situation? That's just me as an optimist, like with my Sagittarius stellium. But at the same time, I get so burnt out trying to be so lenient with everyone. And it's like, there's no, there's no middle ground for me. It's like, I know what my expectations are. You're not meeting them, but you're doing the best that you can. So. Oh no, absolutely not. I don't, I can't fire these people. I literally cannot fire them. So I would rather take more precious time out of my day to show them how to do something just so the next time they don't know how to do it i'm going to pull up the email receipts i'm going to say here here's when i showed you a screenshot oh, of that's exactly, exactly what, to what do. i do but i think the way i approach it now is i'm less authoritarian with it and more like okay so you didn't do it now you're going to need to fix it because i was very authoritarian when i first got to nebraska and I just, I didn't like who I was as a person in that role. So I'm now I'm more laissez-faire, which I also don't like 
but I think it's better than like bringing down the hammer all the time and making people's lives miserable. That's fair. I don't know. Why can't everyone just do their job like 90% perfectly? And yeah, I, I feel the same way. I try to give people grace where I can, because again, I can't fire these people. So, and I am not trying to leave Nebraska anytime soon, so I can't run away from my problems. That's Sagittarius option number one. <laughs> so I can't really do that. So the the next best option is to just make the most of what I can pray and be optimistic that I get better people or these people can do their jobs better and we'll be one happy team. I don't even want to call them family. <laughs> I'm joking. I, I do have some really great coworkers, really great peers, but they don't like, that's not what makes the job run. You know, like right. you need your worker bees to operate at a certain capacity. So that's where I'm at. So let's stop talking about ourselves. Let's talk about the moment. Six years, Taylor Swift and Joel Alwyn have been together. It doesn't feel like six years. It really doesn't. I feel like just yesterday, like people were making fun of how many people that she's dated. I feel like just yesterday she was with Tom Hiddleston. And now it's like, okay, no, she's actually been with someone for six years. I mean, to be fair, Tom Hiddleston was right before Joe. Yes. It's like, I'm just trying to say, like, it does not feel like that much time has passed. Definitely not. But we've talked about Taylor Swift enough for you guys to hopefully know that she has a Sagittarius son and Joe Alwyn has a Pisces son. Hmm. Did you know that? I didn't know that he was a Pisces son. I looked up their, their Venus signs. He also has a Venus in Pisces. Mm-hmm. And Taylor's Venus is an Aquarius. Yes. So I will ask this question first. Do you think that they were a PR relationship or do you think that they were a legitimate romantic relationship? It is so hard for me to pick just one side. I feel like it went on for so long because it was good PR. Do I think it started off that way? No, but that's also because I'm a little naive and a lot of my favorite Taylor Swift songs are supposedly written about Joe. So how am I supposed to just put a, aside my emotional attachment to those songs and say that it was all PR? Like there's no way you can write, call it what you want, an invisible string and peace about someone that you don't have at least some sort of genuine feeling or connection to. So... And I, I don't want to go too down the rabbit hole of Gaylor because we've talked about that before. But Gaylor is making another resurgence and they're saying that this breakup is to usher in the new era, no pun intended, of Taylor potentially coming out. And that she's been using Joe as a beard and the songs that she's written weren't actually about Joe, they were about female love interests. I mean, I could, I guess, because I could Taylor too. started as a country music fan. Her, a lot of her fan base, they are still like from her country music era. They've just grown with her and adapted with her. So knowing that, like, obviously a lot of them are conservative, Republican, like God fearing girlies and her coming out as gay would 
rip away a huge portion of her fan base. Like you see the drama that's happening with like, hold on, my dog is acting silly bourbon. You see the drama that's happening with like the Bud Light cans. Yeah. And I just think if people get that upset about a beer, how upset are they going to be about Taylor Swift being gay? Well, I mean, not even just gay, but bisexual. Yeah. I don't think that. Yeah. And obviously, I don't want to put Taylor in a box. I, I feel so reductive for saying that. But being like not straight, like how how much would that upset them? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, if you look at celebrities that have done that in the past, like Lil Nas X, mm-hmm. he definitely didn't make any comment whenever Old Town Road was blowing up. But then as soon as that started to die down a little bit, then he was like, oh, hey, by the way. And by that point, people already bought in. But people were upset when oh, he yeah. came out. Like, it was hilarious. And now everything that he does is satanic. Like, I, I can only imagine that happening to Taylor. And a lot of people are like saying, if any of you have ever read the book, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, they're like comparing Taylor to the main character in that where she had a bunch of male relationships essentially for PR, but she was secretly in love with a woman who was also in the industry. And then she kept that secret her entire life, literally right up until she died. And then the world found out about her secret relationship. So again, not trying to go too deep into the rabbit hole, but that is what some people are thinking this breakup foretells. Also, they're saying that it's a very amicable breakup, that the relationship just ran its course. Well, that's what they were saying. And they're going their separate ways. Oh, now is it contentious? They've changed the story a little bit. It's been two days since the story dropped, so... So today, now people are saying, they're saying that Joe just couldn't handle Taylor's fame or the attention or the limelight, which makes sense whenever you look at, like his placements the the few that i did look at just with his venus and pisces being in his 10th house and the 10th house has to do with goals responsibilities and also public image and for joe it was very 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 important to him and taylor's even written songs about how he wanted their relationship to be private so i feel like their relationship honestly worked as a two for one because taylor got to be in a relationship with him in private because one that's what joe wanted but two it also Whenever you're private, it leaves less room for people to poke holes in mm-hmm. timelines or photos where maybe Taylor's off with whoever her current secret lover is since Carly Kloss is married, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so one thing that I thought was funny was I was going through like old astrology predictions about Joe and Taylor's relationship. And this one astrologer, Rachel Lang, she pointed out that in 2023, which is the year we're in now, Jupiter is going to move through Aries in Taylor's fifth house. So again, a little mini lesson. Jupiter is the planet of expansion, luck, success, generosity. The fifth house is going to either represent pregnancies, possibly, maybe something new happening in your relationship, but it also represents artistic talents, entertainment, romance, hobbies, new ideas. So Rachel predicted that in 2023, we were either going to get a pregnancy announcement or Joe and Taylor were going to come out as married. However, what I think she, she, it's not that she misinterpreted it. I think she just went down the wrong direction because the fifth house does represent both of those things. I think the era's tour is Taylor's baby. 
So that's the big thing that's happening with Jupiter moving through Aries and Taylor Smith house. It's not a literal baby. It's the era's tour. It's this three hour long show that goes over her entire repertoire of music. Mm -hmm. And that is literally like her creative baby. And she's poured everything into that. So Rachel wasn't wrong when she said that there was going to be something big. I think she was just wrong about what that big thing was. She went the, she went the family direction, <laughs> not the creative direction. I mean, I feel like it also goes into the theory that Taylor's going to drop all the remaining albums all at once. Mm -hmm. If you go like the pregnancy route of like, oh, she's pregnant right now with the tour. And then as soon as the tour ends, boom. Or mm -hmm. supposedly like the end of April, something big is going to happen too. So. And astrologers have also talked about how Taylor hasn't even hit her first peak yet. Like that's not so later on in her life. She's just had like major releases and for this to be only a release like the start of her career to only be a release i cannot imagine how much bigger taylor is going to be like what all is going to be in store for her because she's got her hands in so many pots and i feel like she's trying to grow herself as an actor she's trying to grow herself as a director and she just wants to be so creative like to the max and I, I literally cannot fathom how much bigger she could get. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I could think of is if she made another major announcement about her personal life. Can, can we go back to the first question you asked me about if I think their relationship is a PR stunt or not? Yes. I would like to revise my answer. Okay. Because you remember how on the way to the gym this morning, I was ranting to you about how Lover is the one album of Taylor's that I have never really connected to. Mm-hmm. Apparently, okay, according to fans, like, she started dating Joe while she was writing some of the Reputation songs. So some of the ones that I listed, like, Call mm -hmm. It What You Want and Dress, those are from the Reputation album when they were supposedly starting dating. And then Lover came out right after that. And most of the songs are, like, kind of corny and cliche mm -hmm. about London Boy and Cornelia Street and all this other crap. And to me, that didn't feel genuine. So maybe I do feel like it is a PR stunt because that album tried so hard to be like, Joe, Joe, Joe. When really, when really, when you look at the artwork, especially the theory about her hair being and the dipped. colors, yes, the yeah, colors, the eye colors, yes, exactly. Yes. So now, now I'm starting to like maybe my subconscious. What album just did knows. me come out on? Because I hate that song. Was what? that Lover? What album did what song? Me. That song, Me? Yeah. It was on Lover? Mm -hmm. I absolutely hate that song. I'm telling you, there's so many songs on that album. I'm like, like why? I, I just, like, as much respect as I have for Taylor Swift and as much as I'm not trying to be a hater, that song could literally fall off of her dis discography and I would not shed a single tear. I think I would rejoice. And it's not because I hate Brendan Urie. <laughs> Honestly, that song and even it's so parts corny, of the album, like you were saying, like exactly, it's just like two on the nose, like just and a lot okay. of pandering with that yeah, album as well. Yeah. With you need to calm down and mm -hmm. like how that was that had like major LGBT themes throughout that music video. There's just so much about that album. I just don't like it. And I don't understand why so many people are like, oh my god, love her. no, ew, worst album. I mean, if she made it for like the girls and the gays, like. That's fine. Initially, when Midnight's came out, people were attributing Midnight Rain to Tom Hiddleston, saying that 
that was just their relationship. Tom was ready to settle down and Taylor was still developing her career, even though she was already well established by that point. But now with the recent Joe and Taylor breakup, now people are attributing those lyrics to Joe and saying that Joe, he wanted to settle down, but Taylor still wasn't ready. And especially the whole clash between their levels of fame, I think if they are, if they were a real relationship, I think that that did get in the way. And I definitely see that whenever I I look at their Venus signs, because for Taylor, her Venus sign, she needs emotional freedom without being tied down or expected to behave in ways that don't come natural to her. And so whenever Lavender Haze came out, that's all what that's, or that's what that whole song is about is not, not letting society's pressures get to you to start a family and just enjoying where you are in the moment. And for Joe, his Venus sign doesn't really talk as much about being tied down necessarily, but it's just mainly focusing on someone that you can adore who adores you in return. And I think with Taylor, like obviously she does have some sort of emotion toward him, but I also think with Taylor being a Sagittarius and being a pop star, like she has so, so many interests. And I think that that's intimidating to Joe. And another section of their Venus sign talks about what they should be wary of. And so for Taylor, she's supposed to be wary of emotional detachment, especially if it drives a wedge between her and her partner. And I can see how with her, you know, embarking on this huge tour, how that just detachment of like, hey, can't stay at home with you or see you in between filming because I'm doing this big thing. Whereas Joe he has to be wary of his emotions whenever they threaten to swamp him. And he also has to control his longing for a happy ever after romance, which he could eventually get with Taylor. But I've also seen fans talking about how Taylor's tried to break up with Joe before and he told her no. What? Yeah, I've seen several <laughs> Where fans. was I? I don't know because I don't even remember seeing that. But apparently she tried to break up with him because she foresaw this exact thing happening, them growing apart because of their lifestyle and personality changes and joe was like no because he didn't want to give up because he wanted that happy ever after with taylor which i do believe i mean some of the songs like i do believe could have been about joe even if they're not in the same true love sense that we initially saw them in but who knows i honestly wasn't tracking that last part i just I'm excited to see what's next for Taylor. And I'm glad that it's not that I don't want to see Taylor as a mom, but obviously like her career and the trajectory of her career means so much to her. Like it's something that she's wanted since she was a little girl. And I don't see her giving that up to settle down. No. And I'm glad that her quote unquote baby was the era's tour and that she's pouring all of her like artistic talent and creative energy into giving this to her fans, especially after not being able to tour at all during the pandemic. So her making a comeback tour, literally the biggest, most impressive thing ever, like I think speaks volumes to like where she is heading next. And I do think that if she, I think she'll be too busy to have a partner during the heiress tour, like to get another romantic partner, like she's going to be working her butt off. But in the off time, like, I don't know if I see Taylor immediately jumping back into a relationship because 
I don't think she needs to build that narrative for herself anymore. And I think her being in a relationship with Joe for so long gave her a breather to just not have to worry about people speculating about things. And even though there were like rumblings here and there about her past relationships with like Diana Agron or Carly Kloss or whatever, I think that moving forward, like if Taylor is going to come out, I don't think she's going to announce it with a partner. I think she'll be single if she comes out. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was actually tracking that part. Okay. <laughs> you said you were tracking my part. It's rude. No, I think. No, with I you. wasn't tracking like that. Joe had tried to break up or she had tried to break up with Joe and he said no. Oh, I, no I, mean, I didn't know that until yesterday. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't, I didn't know until. I well, now I don't like him. <laughs> I just. I felt indifferent before. Now it's been replaced. I mean, I when you look at the timeline too. They were together during the pandemic, and honestly, they were together before the pandemic started, but at the same time, relationships that developed really strongly during the pandemic, I feel like they're not to be trusted almost just because you're in that bubble. And that's what a lot of fans mm -hmm. were talking about is how Joe was in that bubble with Taylor, and now that she's out on tour and fans are dissecting everything, he, he doesn't. can't handle it yeah. because, well, it's not that he can't handle it. He doesn't want to handle it. I mean, it, it would be a lot because I've, I've even seen on Twitter that fans are taking pilgrimages to Cornelia Street. Yeah. Like they're they're well, stalking his younger brother to see if he's unfollowed saying? Taylor. They were saying that like he was going to be like one of the dads of the Eras tour. Him and someone else. Was it Paul Mescal? Not Paul Mescal. Someone else. I don't know what you're talking about. Another boyfriend of like one of the people that's on tour with Taylor. Oh, Paul, the guitar guy? No, the Paul Paul Mescal, he was like engaged to Phoebe Bridgers. Maybe he still is. I honestly need to brush up on that. <laughs> I thought Phoebe was gay. She She's something. She's a mess. We could do a whole episode on Phoebe. I don't really know much about her. She's literally a hot mess. And her interviews like listening to her talk and then like comparing it to her music. Like, it's like, did you write these songs, Phoebe? Interesting. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all we have. I know this was like a super long drawn out episode, but I hope you guys enjoyed our pop culture happy hour. I think it might be close to an hour by the time I edit this or maybe a little bit over. Dang. Yeah, we just had so much to talk about. We really could have split this into two. We will talk to you guys next time. If there's any topic that you want us to cover in the podcast, just shoot us a DM on Instagram. You can either send it to our individual accounts or our at sistersigns.pod account. Thank you to everyone that's left a review so far and that has shared this with a friend. I can see because I see more people listening to our podcast and that makes me happy. But yes, if you want to keep making us happy, please continue to share this podcast with your friends or share it on your socials. But yeah, we will talk to you guys later. Bye.